This is Jess, and you're listening to The Pumping Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in again, and I hope you got a chance to listen to part one. This is part two of my episode with Kayla Zydersma. If you haven't listened to part one, you can just go right back. It's the one right before this one. So I hope you enjoy. And now here's Kayla with quite a story. And then my favorite, more chaotic birth experience <laughs> was a mama who was having her sixth baby. Sixth. Wow. Yeah, her sixth baby. And I find by that point, when you get to six babies, these mamas are very independent because they've been through it. They're, they're basically as experts at this, like mm. in themselves, they've done it like five times over. So this was her sixth baby. And she warned me and said, I have very quick birth. So she said, you need to be ready. And I was actually not going there as her doula. I was supposed to be there as her birth photographer. Mm. But, um, I was bringing my doula bag with me because I have always keep like an emergency little kit in there in case a baby decides to come super quickly. Oh, that's smart. So, yeah. So um, she had let me know, you know, I've had six, ba- five babies now. This is my six. And she said, every single one, my water breaks. And within an hour, baby is born. Wow. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, so the second your water breaks, you're going to call me. <laughs> so sure enough, I get this message on my phone saying my water just broke. So I rushed, like flew to her house because I knew that like I was 20 minutes away from her and I was like, okay. And was she having a home birth? She was having a home birth. Yes. Okay. So something that they explained to me was she delivers too quickly to make it to the hospital. Oh my goodness. But also too quickly that sometimes the midwives don't make it. <gasps> wow. So I was going there as her birth photographer, but she knew I was bringing a backup doula bag um, just in case. And she had asked me, do you have anything you can bring just in case? Because we're going to call both you and the midwife at the same time. But it's simply a matter of who gets here first. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So knowing that, I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> As a doula, like our job's not to deliver babies. Right. Like, that's not what we do. We are not trained. It's a certification. It's not a university level course that you're taking. Like you're not. Certified. Right. Yeah. So I was going there. I'm like flying to get there because I my first thought was, I don't want this mama. With five kids running around the house to be alone, right. birthing her baby, in the chaos of having kids running around and oh everything else going on. So I had arrived there, and it seemed very calm. You know, the kids were excited. The kids met me at the door and was like, yeah, the baby's coming. And they were all excited. And, you know, her husband was preparing a room, the room where she had planned to deliver baby. Um, and I had, when I asked him, you know, is there anything I can do to help? And he said, you know, I think it would be best if you just stayed with mom and I was upstairs and I was like, okay. So I went to go see mom and she was laboring in the bathtub at this time. So I walked in and I was like, okay, I'm, I closed the door because the age of the kids ranged from like three years old to I think like 10 or 12. Mm. Um, and her oldest ones were boys. So just to give mom some privacy, um, I closed the bathroom door. Her and I are both in the upstairs bathroom 
and there's like every once in a while like kids are running by and <laughs> and unfortunately like her five kids were actually just getting over the flu so one of her like mo- half of them were like down and out half of them were you could tell they were starting to feel better and the one little guy was laying in the hallway with a bucket and was just so oh sick. and I was I rem- it was the most chaotic if you could be a fly on the wall <laughs> It was, it was crazy. But at the same time, there was this beauty of her being surrounded by her kids and family. And for her, that's exactly like, that's in her element. Like she, it's her sixth baby. Like she, she's surrounded by her kids all the time. Like that's very much this mom is, she's incredible. So anyways, I'm in the bathroom with her. I think I was there for maybe 10 minutes and was basically took three lighting shots to check my lighting and and then mom kind of made a different sound when she was laboring so often if moms are laboring and they start to if their bodies start to push um you'll hear a change in octave Mm -hmm. when they're when they're laboring so Mm -hmm. I had heard the change and remember just saying to mom it sounded like your body started to push there. Do you feel pressure in your bum? Are you feeling like you need to push? And she looked at me and she said, yes. And I said, okay. Said, I'm going to grab your husband and we're going to go from there. So had kind of peeked my head at the door and one kid flew by and I asked that child to go grab dad. And then another one flew by and I asked that one to go grab my doula bag. And (laughs) that it was (laughs) like we we go back and talk about it and it's actually quite funny like when you when you go back to the story but dad comes up and I mom's mom had basically said to me you're gonna have to deliver baby like I feel her head she is coming now and I need to push and she's like and I want to get out of the tub so I remember double checking, you know, are you sure? Do you want to stay in the tub? She's like, no. She's like, I want to get out of the tub. Like, help me out now. So it just, it went from this calm mom is laboring to baby wow. is coming now. Midwife was already on her way. So dad comes in the bathroom and I calmly say to dad, we, midwife is on the way, but we may need to prepare to deliver baby together. Um, because baby's coming extremely fast and is already starting to crown. So within the like two minutes it took us to, you know, kind of grab dad, tell him what's going on because he was downstairs trying to prepare a, a room for mom to deliver in and taking care of sick kids. So then he comes up, him and I are basically scrumbling. Like I put my camera down at that point. Um, we are scrubbing our hands in the sink, washing up because we're, okay, you know, possibly going to need to deliver this baby. My protocol is always to have, um, get 911 on the phone. Mm-hmm. So that's what we did. He was just about to, dad was just about to call 911 <clears throat> when the kids, we heard the kids yell, the midwife is here. So you could imagine this midwife, she pulls up to the house and the door is wide open, the front door, and there are kids jumping up and down in the doorway, all five of them, that the baby is coming and that she needs to hurry up and get in the house. So there's this crew of kids at the front door, like 
rushing midwife in like, come on, come on. And I don't know that midwife knew the severity of the situation until she got up the stairs. Because <laughs> she, it, it almost seemed like she was kind of just, you know, like walking in. And then I remember telling like, looking at the dad and saying, we're, we're going to have to deliver baby. Like at this point I was crouched underneath mom because mom was standing holding on to the bathroom counter Mm. so I was kind of crouched on the floor kind of between mom's legs just watching at this point watching baby start to crown um and baby was fully crowning when I seen the midwife at the top of the stairs excuse me and um I remember like yelling down the hall to her that baby was crowning And she ran into the bathroom. And I think from the angle, she could actually see baby was crowning just from where mom was standing. And I remember the midwife saying to me, you're going to need to put your hand on that baby's head. And usually you don't like, you just don't touch baby's head. Usually that's not when baby's crowning, you don't really. So I remember her saying this to me that you're going to need to put your hand on baby's head. And I remember thinking to myself, oh my goodness, this is real. This is happening right now. Um, The baby's going to be born, like right here, right now. So the midwife is peeling off her coat as she's trying to pull her gloves on. And she looks at me and she's like, you need to put pressure now. Like you need to put your hand on baby's head because what was happening, baby was so coming out so fast. And because mom was standing Standing. up, um, there was nothing, nothing slowing baby down. So if, if there was nobody to catch baby, um, then baby would have basically dropped and hit the floor. So at that point, it wasn't a matter of you can, you know, it's different from Canada and the States as well. You can go through all the things of like, I would never do that, or I would never touch baby's head, or I would never, you know, even if a doctor or midwife told me or the lawsuit or everything else, you can think of a million things that could have went wrong, right? Right. But at the end of the day, that baby can't fall onto the bathroom floor. (laughs) Exactly. At the end of the day, it came down to if this baby falls, this baby could suffer from a severe brain injury, cranial fracture, all kinds of stuff. Right. So it was like, okay, this is happening. The midwife is, and she was instructing me the whole way as she's trying to pull on her gloves. She's like, I just need you to put your hand on baby's head so baby doesn't fall. And so put my hand on baby's head and the entire time talking with mom, talking through everything that's happening with mom and mom's giving me permission the whole time. Mom's like, yep, do it, do it. Like whatever you need to do, do it. Um, <laughs> Because she was in no, no situation to catch her own baby either. Right. And dad at that point, obviously there's five other kids in the house. So dad's, you know, you could tell dad was feeling the stress of the situation. And he did explain to me before that he doesn't like home births because he's always scared that he's going to have to deliver the baby. Uh. So at that point, he was like, he kind of stepped out and went Mm -hmm. with the kids and the midwife and I were there. Um, and I had my hand on baby's head and we quickly looked at each other and I said to the midwife, are you ready? And she was like, right. And then she looked at me and said, ready. And we quickly switched out and I had enough time to quickly rinse my hand under the water in the tap, <laughs> grab my camera with my wet soaking wet hand. Cause I left my camera on and I quickly grabbed 
took a photo, not knowing if I was going to capture it, but I ended up catching midwife basically delivering baby. It was within seconds. Oh, wow. So it was the most chaotic, crazy birth experience I have ever attended. Um, and again, like you could think about a million things, right? Like, oh my goodness, so many things could have went wrong. I would have never touched all these things. But during that moment, um, there was an emergency at hand and we were kind of listening to mom and what mom was expressing and mom very much expressed, like, you need to do whatever you need to do to make sure my baby is safe. Um, Wow. So it was very crazy. And I remember taking that shot. And then I remember turning really fast to look out the bathroom door. And there was dad in the middle of the hallway, surrounded by his kids. He was on his knees. Oh. His kids were around him. And his one of the youngest ones were sitting on his lap. And it was the most precious moment. And then we, And then in that precious moment, the oldest son is standing there. And he's looking at his mom, who is standing in the bathroom naked with this baby on her chest. And he says, well, I'm never going to unsee that again. And we all burst out laughing because it was just, it was one of those moments where you're like, wow, that just happened. <laughs> so it was crazy. Um, um, but it was, it was a wonderful it was a wonderful wow. experience. Um, and even like I had, I knew mom before, um, she was a friend as well. So knew her beforehand. Mm-hmm. And I think she had a similar situation with another friend of hers who was present at the birth of her daughter, um, which was her, the fifth baby. I believe her friend either caught baby's head or something because it was the same thing. Mom delivers standing up and her water breaks and within like an hour, baby's there. Wow. That so is it wasn't uncommon. Like she, mom kind of had explained, these are my birth experiences. They're just wild and crazy and fast and furious. So we just yeah. need to prepare for that. So. And um, what a cool thing for you to be able to be a part of that, whether that's that you're intending to just be the photographer or a doula, but yeah, see so many beautiful moments like that. That's so yeah. Cool. So it was very, it was very special. Just the whole family was there. All of the kids were present for the birth. Um, especially when something like that is happening in your own home, you're like, Oh my goodness, what is happening? Right. Um, so it was, it was very nice to be a part of it. Um, yeah. And even talking with the midwife after it was, it was, I was so grateful that the midwife arrived when she did. Yeah. So grateful because again, I'm a doula. I'm not a midwife. My job is not to deliver babies. So she arrived and I was like, thank you, Jesus. Right. Well, at least you, you had that calm essence about you, which I think helped probably yeah. a million times over. So, wow. So what advice would you give moms? Of course, there's so many different types of births and you also don't know what you're going to expect and probably what you expect isn't even what ends up happening. But what advice would you have for moms in their ability to take control of their birth? And how do you think that that in turn affects their postpartum experience? So I would say um, 
just educating yourself on all of your birth options is a huge thing. Um, so something I do with clients is we create birth preference sheet. Um, some people like to call them a birth plan. Um, I like to call them birth preferences simply because we can't really plan anything for birth. It's really hard um, to make a plan because birth is very unexpected and um, anything can kind of happen. But knowing these preferences, you kind of go through what you would like for your birth experience and then what all of your options are. So when you have a combination of, okay, these are the things that I would really like for my birth and these are all of my options that I have available to me, it just gives mom more room to have the birth experience that she would like, even if there's certain things that don't go exactly as planned or what mom would have liked. She still knew all of her options and was educated in all of her options and felt safe with all of those options. So that's a huge thing. Um, for me, I always tell clients a big thing are when when we as a whole, as as human beings, we like to feel safe and we like to feel loved and respected. So what things are going to make you feel safe and feel loved and feel respected during your birth? And a lot of times I find with clients, it's environment. Environment plays a huge role. So are, do you feel safe in a hospital or do you feel safe at home? Um, and for some, when it comes to giving birth, some mamas will feel safer in the hospital and some will feel safer at home. And that very much depends on what, what you would like. So that's the other thing. Um, and then as well, I find um, the people that attend your birth. So not just your, your environment, but also the people that are attending your birth need to make you feel loved, feel safe, and feel respected. And if you're not feeling that, then I always say something needs to change. There needs to be a change so that you do feel um, that you're safe and that you're loved and respected. Um, so just kind of going into um, how that kind of affects your postpartum as well uh, with, you know, with your birth experience, I do find um, there's a correlation between birth experience and postpartum experience. So I, the mamas who feel, you know, empowered during their birth, I find they have a, I want to say better postpartum experience. And that's not always the case, but I do find for the most part, mamas who are feeling, feeling empowered and feeling like their birth, you know, this is, this is what you know, I expected, or this is, this is, I dreamed or what I envisioned. Yeah. Yeah. So, and even sometimes like there's, again, there's little things during your birth that can go sideways that you're like, oh, well that, that was not in the plan. But at the end of the day, if you're feeling empowered in your birth, it's going to set a whole other tone for your postpartum. So when you, when women feel empowered, it gives them a sense of, confidence going into motherhood and going into postpartum so when a big thing you know when when women are giving birth they're not just giving birth to a baby they're also um becoming mothers there's this birth of a mother that happens as well when mothers are birthing their baby so you're coming this this person who used to be before 
yes, they're still there, but they're very much changed and different now that this baby is here. So there's a lot of stuff happening and taking place during that birth. And I do find that very much affects postpartum. So for example, um, you know, a mama who had maybe had a cesarean for her first birth, and then she's able to have a successful VBAC for her second baby, she's going to feel this sense of accomplishment, this, this sense of, yes, I did it. Um, and that is very much, that's a very much em- empowering feeling. So it doesn't matter, you know, those fine details, yes, they all kind of come together to create your birth experience, but there's not one, only one of those details that define your entire experience. So I find, for example, if a mom had a traumatic birth, so by definition, when we look at the word trauma, it means to be deeply um, distressed or to have a very disturbing experience. So if we were to have a traumatic experience, as humans, we need to be able to recover mentally, physically, and emotionally from that trauma. But when you give birth, there's a baby after. Right. So when, they, when you have this baby and you've gone through a trauma, how are you able to heal emotionally, mentally, and physically when your, your soul being is now taking care of this little tiny being who needs you in order to survive? So I do find women who have traumatic birth experiences, I find their postpartum that start off can be a little bit rockier because you're not only trying to learn how to be a mom and stepping into motherhood, but you're also trying to heal from this open wound um, from your birth experience. So um, therefore, if you experience a trauma, um, I do find you need time to heal. So with that being said, um, you know, your, your postpartum, I do find is very much connected to your birth experience. And so for me, helping my clients to feel empowered is a really big deal. Helping them feel like they were respected, like they were loved and they felt safe, all play into that empowering feeling, that sense of accomplishment and that confidence that comes with, yes, I did it. That was all me. I did that. And it doesn't matter if you had a medicated birth, an unmedicated birth, a hospital birth, or a home birth. It's the feeling of being empowered and saying, yes, I did it. And probably using a doula, I would imagine, also really just helps that sense of calm and empowerment because even if you feel your emotions take over, you still have somebody that can speak for you on your path, right? Yeah. So even like having a doula, right, when you're feeling there's points in birth where you come to a point and you feel like, I can't do it anymore. You know, transition is often that point where women are just like, I can't do it. I am struggling or I want my epidural or I want this to be done. You hear all kinds of things during Mm -hmm. that transition. And that's kind of the point where it's the breaking point for moms is they hit that point in that wall and having a doula there is really nice because they can be that encouragement, that encouragement that says, you know, no, you've got this, keep going kind of thing in a gentle, loving, and safe way. 
So having a doula, um, I always tell clients, they don't replace your birth partner. Uh, they work with your birth partner to create the best possible team for you. So I always say your birth partner knows you best and your doula knows birth best. So together you kind of create that perfect team where we can work together for the good of mom and the good of baby. And during that time where mom feels discouraged and feels like she can't do it anymore, that's when your doula becomes a really, really important role because they're able to encourage you and help you get through that, that moment so that you can kind of have that renewed sense of strength. And it's a really beautiful experience when you see moms, you know, they get to that point where they're struggling and then you kind of, you're, you're encouraging them, you're, you're telling them to keep going, you're almost there, your baby's coming. And then you see them get this little spark in their eyes and it's like this new, this renewed strength that comes over moms and they're able to birth their baby. So it's really, really neat that way um, as a doula to be a part of that, that experience and to help moms that way. When you had your second child, your son, did you at that point have a doula and or a midwife? Yes. So I actually had at that point, so I usually have a student doula with my business who kind of shadows me um, until she becomes certified and then she'll come on as a certified labor doula. But at that time I had a student doula and she basically had never attended a birth before and really wanted to see a birth. So she ended up getting to practice her doula skills on me. Um, Wow. Yeah. With the birth of my son. So I, at, at my, my birth, we did have a home birth. My mom was present. The student doula was present. I had um, a friend doing birth photography for me. And then um, we also had the midwife there and my husband was there. So that's five people plus me in our tiny little farmhouse. (laughs) And it was February and we had the worst blizzard we had all year. It was like, Oh my goodness. We got nailed with a huge snowstorm that night. And of course it was the night that I went into labor. So I was actually very grateful. I had, we had planned a home birth because it would have happened either way because we weren't like you could barely get up our, the driveway. We would have ended up like in the ditch somewhere delivering a baby in the car. Right. Oh, goodness. <laughs> so, um, so what was that home birth like for you? It was amazing. Um, I don't think I would ever go back to a hospital birth after having a home birth just because it was such a good experience. Um, yeah, the it was snowing. It was a blizzard. So and I still had Christmas lights out. So in our we had like the twinkle lights still. So it was very dim lighting with these little twinkle lights. And then um, it was snowing. So we have a big, huge bay window in our living room. And I basically sat there on a yoga ball, eating my toast and drinking my Gatorade. And I was just watching the snowfall as I labored. And it was these huge, thick snowflakes. And they were just falling and it was so peaceful. It almost felt magical because it was a very calm, like even though there was that many people there, it didn't seem like there was that many people. Hmm. Um, it was just a very calm environment. Like the midwife 
we had called the midwife at 9.30 or just a little after, and she showed up closer to 11. Um, and then my son was born at 12.19 a.m. Wow. So it took her quite a long time to get to us just because of the weather. Um, so we were glad that we called her. Actually, my husband called. Me as a doula, I was like, yeah, no, this isn't, this isn't labor. No, no I'm <laughs> fine. Because I had been having contractions every night for two months with my son. So wow. every night at 5 o'clock p.m., these contractions would start. They would be three minutes apart, and they would last until 8 p.m. So this was happening every single night for the last two months. And my midwife basically told me that I had an irritable uterus <laughs> and, <laughs> and that this may happen more often. So, and it did. It happened every single night. So by the time the real thing came on, I was like, this isn't it. Like we put our daughter to bed at, you know, eight o'clock and then we we're watching a movie and 9.30 rolls around and I'm like, oh, I'm still having contractions. And... Huh. My husband was like, yeah, I think I'm going to call. And I remember arguing with him because I was like, no, this isn't it. Like, this is the same thing every night. And he looked outside and he was like, it's a blizzard. Like, I'm going to call. And you're now 41 weeks. So <laughs> I right. was overdue as well. Right. And he's like, I think I should call. And I was like, all right. And I was like, I'm not, it's fine. You can call. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, good thing. Because, and I think from having those contractions every single night, it was almost like I had desensitized myself. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I was just so used to having them that like, I remember the midwife, I remember certain parts of my birth, like once labor really like picked up, um, there were certain parts where I remember people telling me, yeah, you did this and this. And I remember being like, what? I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the midwife walked in and I remember her saying, oh, this isn't what I was expecting to walk into. Like, why don't we check you and see how far along you are? And then, you know, we can go from there. Because I mean, think she, she was expected probably thinking. You to be, meaning yeah. she expected you to be further along or? No, I think she was expecting me, yeah, to be, well, she walked in and I was sitting on the yoga ball eating toast and sipping Gatorade. Oh. So people <laughs> were expecting like the chaos of active labor and, right. you know, and she had checked me and was like, yep, you're seven to eight centimeters. And I remember being like, what? Are you kidding? And I cried because I was like, it's almost over. Oh. Because with my daughter, they kept saying, you're four centimeters. Nope, right. still four centimeters. And it was so long. I was like, no. So when she said I was seven to eight, I was like, oh my goodness, I'm doing it. Like, <laughs> this is happening. That's so I amazing. remember being very, very excited. And then I just kind of continued to labor. And then an hour and a bit later, he was born. So it wasn't until I hit the point of feeling like I needed to push that things changed. So it was very different from my hospital birth because I felt like I was losing control of my contractions very quickly and very early on. And I think part of that had to do with the stress of being in the hospital for me and just how I handle, you know, being in the hospital. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So I think for me, like that was my environment played a big role for me. And then 
obviously the people there, like having my husband as well as my mom there. My mom wasn't there for the birth of my daughter. And part of it was because I don't know what to expect. And I really, I was like, I have no idea. As a mom of two, and even as a doula, I very much understand that because I do have clients who have said to me, well, I'm not sure about hiring a doula because it's my first baby and I don't know what to expect. Mm. And if I can give first time mamas, like any word of advice, if you are feeling that way and you don't know what to expect and you're like, you know what, we want more, it to be more private because we don't know what to expect, hire a doula. Because if you're feeling that way, I often find that, that, well, we want it to be more private. I always ask clients, is it coming out of a sense of you are a very private person and you need peace and quiet and you need privacy to be able to focus? Or is it coming out of a place of, I don't know a lot of my options and I'm not really sure about birth. So I just want things to be private. So is it coming out of a place of, a lack of education on birth or is it coming out of a place of this is genuinely who I am as a person right? and I need my privacy, right? So if you're feeling that way, um, I usually say I do recommend having a doula because often a really great doula should know how to be a fly on the wall when needed. So there's times mm-hmm. in birth where you need to be actively involved and it's more hands-on support. And there's times where When birth is going really good, it's good to know when to just leave a good thing alone kind of thing. Right. Um, So there's times where moms are laboring really, really well. And I will take a step back and just sit and kind of keep an eye on mom and let mom labor. Because sometimes moms do need that time to just labor with their birth partner. And it doesn't always, support doesn't always need to be hands-on. Um, in order to support a birthing mom. So yeah, um, I could talk about birth forever. I love that. That's so interesting. Cause I know I, I think other moms have felt this way too. And I've even wondered, you know, it's when that time comes, you, nobody who's not have, not have, nobody who hasn't had a baby before knows what to expect. (laughs) But if you do have that little bit of, um, need for reassurance or comfort, it's great to know that if you hire somebody like a doula, they're, they're right there for you. And I loved what you said about your birth partner knows you best and that the doula knows birth best. I love that. That's really, really special and makes total sense so that the two combined create a really good backup team. <laughs> you get some, some good yeah. backup there. Definitely. And even with the, the home birth where the mama did hypnobirthing, um, I was there with her and present. And there was just the odd time where she would reach out and she would grab my hand. And that's basically as, as much of the support as she needed. She just needed to know that somebody was there with her. So she would have her eyes closed and she would have her, her face cloth on her eyes and she would just reach out and she would grab my hand. And she would hold my hand for a minute. And then when she felt she was okay, she would let go. Mm. That's so beautiful. Um, Circling back a little bit to you as a mom, what's the best thing about being a mom? The best thing about being a mom is being able to see the world in like through the eyes of your little ones. You get to see the world 
in a whole new perspective. And you get to learn to love and laugh and live in a whole new way when you have little ones. And it is so special to be able to just take the time and watch your little ones grow. It happens so fast. And often, you know, with living in such a fast paced society nowadays, we rush things. Everything's so rushed and speedy. Even if you live on a farm. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, it is busy because we go by seasons, right? Like it goes right. through. Yeah. So I feel like life gets busy and it has its busy seasons, but taking time to just be in the moment and watching your kids grow. And sometimes those moments are crazy and chaotic and they're not always this, you know, peaceful, beautiful moment, but they are still moments and they're still motherhood moments and they're real and raw and they have such beauty to them. Even in the chaos, I always say to moms, find your beauty in your chaos because there really is beauty in the chaos of motherhood. Um, And I find there's those little like golden nuggets hidden in motherhood, those little moments that you kind of find. You'll be having a bad day or something and maybe you're exhausted, maybe you're tired, whatever the case may be, your toddler's screaming, was up all night, but then, you know, a little one will come up to you and either give you a hug or maybe they'll, you know, coo for the first time or they'll smile you, whatever it is. And then it kind of, it just fills your heart back up. Mm. just kind of just being in the moment as a mom yeah so important Mm -hmm. so what are some words that you would like to leave for both of your kids for when they are 18 when my kids are 18 oh my goodness I haven't thought that far ahead I know (laughs) we're we're pushing the limits a little bit Um, we're not rushing their their future we're just (laughs) we're just planting the seeds for their future If I could tell them anything, oh my goodness, I'm going to have to think about this. That's okay. Take your time. What do I want them to hold in their hearts? Um, Oh, this is so hard. (laughs) (laughs) Hardest question of all. I know. Uh, The words that I want them to hold in their heart are love, respect, and integrity. I want them to love deeply and love everyone around them. And I want them to respect those around them. And I want them to have integrity and be able to stand up for what they believe in. So I think that's what I would say. Perfect. I love that. I think that can get lost sometimes. And so it's a good reminder. Yeah. 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 Kayla, thank you so much for taking so much time. This was such, oh my gosh, your stories are amazing. And I think it's amazing too to see your journey from one experience that you had, you decided to make a change, and then your second experience was the polar opposite because you took those steps in making it so, and you ended up having a beautiful experience out of it, and in turn, created a wonderful business out of it as well. Can you tell everybody where they can find you on social media and your website? Yeah. So my website is www.truelovebirthphotography.ca and it's T-R-U without the E. So true love 
and there's no E on the end of true. And then you can also go to my social media pages. Um, you can look me up on Facebook or Instagram and it's at true love birth photography. So again, no E on the end of true. Awesome. And I'll put those in the show notes as well. So people can find you. I only wish I was in Canada so that when it's my time to have kids, I could have you be my doula. <laughs> <laughs> well, you give me a call when you are pregnant, you give me a call and we will add <laughs> <chat> it up. <laughs> I definitely think I will. Oh, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate well, thank you, you for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. The Pumping Podcast is a podcast for moms and by moms, and I am your host. I'm not yet a mama. I'm a mama in training. If you're enjoying what you hear, please take a minute on iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review so more mamas out there can find us and listen along while they're pumping or breastfeeding. If you'd like to be a guest and share your story, email me at thepumpingpodcast at gmail.com. You can also email me if you have any questions for any of my guests, and I will reach out, get those answers, and relay them to you in a follow-up episode. A big thank you to my friends Ashley and Kelly for the use of their baby's laughter, and my dear friend Erin Adams for writing my gorgeous theme song. You can follow along on Instagram at The Pumping Podcast, and go ahead and share the podcast with a mama you know. Until next time, keep on pumping. Pumping.